Again today, we're going to go back to our verses. We've been going through the book of 1 Peter in our men's lunch. Again, a letter written by the Apostle Peter uh, to Christians who are being persecuted for their faith in Christ, for their stance, uh, the hard stance they've taken for our Savior, Jesus Christ. Uh, we've been going verse by verse through 1 Peter. Uh, I want to encourage everybody, be sure and bring your Bible if you can every single week as we move uh, through our study. Tonight we're going to go back, we're, we're in the third chapter, we're going to uh, cover one verse we covered last week again, and then two more verses uh, again, 1 Peter chapter 3, today we're going to look at verses 13 through 15. 1 Peter chapter 3, today verses 13 through 15. I'm going to read those verses together, and then we'll come back and, and break them down and look at them. It says this, 1 Peter chapter 3, beginning in verse 13, who is there to harm you if you prove zealous for what is good. But even if you should suffer for the sake of righteousness, you are blessed. And do not fear their intimidation, and do not be troubled, but sanctify Christ as Lord in your hearts, always being ready to make a defense to everyone who asks you to give an account for the hope that is in you, yet with gentleness and reverence. Again, we're going to look at those verses today. Uh, let's start off by again starting off on the 13th verse. 13th verse says this, Who is there to harm you if you prove zealous for what is good? If you remember last week, we saw really how crazy that verse is. And, and think about the context. Peter has been beaten for the cause of Christ. He has been imprisoned. Uh, we know he will be killed for the cause of Christ. And here he is writing to people who are in the same boat. They are persecuted for the cause of Christ. Some of them have been beaten. Some of them have been put into prison. Some of them also will be, caused, will be killed for the cause of Jesus Christ. And that person, speaking to those people, in that context says, Who is there to harm you if you prove zealous for what is good? Really, you read that verse in context, and he, he really has a chip on his shoulder. He really is making a bold and audacious statement. In fact, everybody wants to kill him. Everybody can harm him. But there, in the face of the opposition, he says, Who is there that can harm you for being zealous, for proving to be zealous for that which is good? If you remember last week, we looked at, uh, in verse 13, we talked about the good that he is talking about. It's not just talking about good deeds. It's not just talking about doing good things. Sometimes today we think uh, our Christian life is just to do good and to, to refrain from bad things and just to do a bunch of good things. We, we saw uh, in, in context here, it is talking about proclaiming the gospel of Jesus Christ. It is talking about with your mouth, boldly telling people about Jesus Christ. Now let me, let me just say this today. The heart and the point to Christian discipleship is to learn the truth of God's Word and to grow in the truth of God's Word and to grow in your relationship with Jesus Christ so that you can and that you will tell people about Jesus Christ. We need to understand that. That's the point of Christian discipleship. And, and, and to be honest with you, if you bring me a double PhD, a Bible scholar uh, who's written five books on Christian discipleship, and they go around and they speak about Christian discipleship, but if you show me they do not tell people about Jesus Christ and how to be saved 
through faith in Jesus Christ, I'll tell you, really, you have no disciple at all. And, and you, you bring some person in, and they, they'll come, and they'll tell you, you know what, I've been in such and such church for 28 years or 34 years or, or 17 years, and I've, I've done all of these Bible studies and the latest Bible study. I've done that Bible study, and, and every chance I get, I go to the Christian concerts, and, and I buy all of my shirts at Mardell's, and they say, not of this world on them. I want to tell you, if they're not actively telling people about Christ, they are no disciple at all. That's why we're growing as Christ, to be like Christ, to take up the mission of Christ and tell people about Jesus Christ. That's why these folks are suffering. Think about it. They go and they tell the excellency of him who saved them by his blood, Jesus Christ. That is why they are suffering. And so when he talks about the good here, the good is telling people about Jesus Christ. Look at verse 14. Listen to verse 14. But even if, but even if, now again, remember the context here. They have already suffered for Christ. They are in the midst of suffering for Christ, and they are going to continue to suffer for Christ. And he says, but even if, it's a done deal, it's a sure thing, but even if you should suffer for the sake of righteousness. Then it says this, you are blessed. What in the world? Can you imagine this? Peter says if they hate you, you're blessed. If they would do physical harm to you, you're blessed because of the cause of Christ. If they would destroy you, you are blessed. What in the world? You are blessed. That's what, that's what Peter says. Let me tell you something, friends. We have lost, and I'll just tell you, Satan has led it, but we have lost the meaning of blessed. We think blessed means that God serves you. We think blessed means that God serves me. And we, we think, you know what, oh, oh, if I'll pray this prayer, I will be blessed. Oh, if, if I'll bind up Satan and I'll do this thing and I'll have this formula, oh, that I would be blessed. Or if you'll send in the seed money on TV, you'll be blessed. And we think blessed means that God would, would somehow serve us. Well, Peter says here, really Peter is showing us here, blessed is this. Blessed is the fact that you are a sinner apart from Christ. And you are hopeless apart from Jesus Christ. And you are purposeless apart from Jesus Christ. But now saved by the blood of Jesus Christ and in Christ and through Christ, you're now serving the cause of Christ. That is blessed. Not that he would serve us, but that we, as sinful and messed up as we are, would get the opportunity to serve him. And that's what blessed is. That's what Peter's telling us here. Then he says this. Do not fear their intimidation and do not be troubled. Two things here for us not to do, for them not to do, those that were, that were standing in the face of persecution. Do not fear their intimidation and do not be troubled. Now you have to be very honest here in the context. Are there troubles? Yes, there are troubles. Are there hardships and hard times and hard things? Yes, there are hard things. Are they suffering? Are their hearts breaking? Yes. But he's telling them here, brothers, stand up. Do not fear their intimidation and do not be troubled. Here's what I see and I see it for the second week in a row. 
these people are actually zealots. These people serve a radical cause. Can you imagine we go around and if, if something we do not like it and if, if this upsets us and if the air conditioner is not right and if this is going to take me too far out of my schedule, oh, I can't do that. These folks say in the face of suffering, do not fear their intimidation. Stand up, brother. These folks are radical, radical zealots. You know why? It goes back to their leader. Luke chapter 12, Jesus says this. And do not fear those who can only harm the body. Do you know how crazy that is? Basically, he's saying this. Don't fear anybody that can only kill you. This is the guy that goes to the cross and is butchered and killed for the sins of wicked man. Do not fear those who can only harm the body. Understand the movement of Christ is a movement of zealots, if it's a true movement. It's a movement of radical people who are committed to Christ and who will stand in the face of opposition. Do not fear their intimidation and do not be troubled. A couple things not to do, but then he says, but do this. Do this. And there's actually two things that we should do as well. We're going to look at the first one this week, and it's in verse 15. It says this. Don't do those things, but sanctify Christ as Lord in your hearts. But sanctify Christ as Lord in your hearts. Now that Greek word there for sanctify, it means to make something holy. Now, holy means set aside or set apart. So, so what this means is to set apart or to separate. To, really the same thing, to separate and to set apart. And so he's saying here, set apart Christ as Lord in your hearts. Listen, this is what he's saying. Don't do those things. Don't fear their intimidation. Don't be troubled. But you as a Christian, a person that's going to stand, you set apart Christ as Lord in your hearts. Now what that means today is this. If you are going to stand, if you're actually going to proclaim the gospel in a world that hates the gospel, if you're going to persevere in the cause of our Lord Jesus Christ, if you're ever going to get to the point in your life that you can say, whatever happens, whatever comes, whatever the consequences are, though they would hate me, though they might even kill me, I'm not going to shut up and I'm not going to step down and I'm not going to step back. The only way that that's ever going to happen is if you first established Jesus as Lord in your heart. You see, there's not enough willpower to do that. There's not enough human strength to do that. There's not enough guts and enough courage to do that. That only happens when Jesus has been set aside as Lord in your hearts. Peter says Jesus for a Christian, and I'll just tell you, it hasn't changed. Jesus for a Christian, he must be it. He must be the Lord. He must be your reason. He must be your priority. He must be your commitment. He has to be set aside as Lord in your heart. Jesus has to reign as Lord in your heart. That's what Peter is saying here. You know what? If, if I today, 2017, if I have any hope, it's only in Jesus Christ. If I have a future, I don't care what my retirement looks like, what my health looks like. If I have a future, that future is only in Jesus Christ. If I'm saved, and if anybody else is ever going to get saved, it's going to be because of Jesus Christ. And so He rules my heart. He reigns in my heart. My heart is devoted to Him. Here's the problem. And I'll just 
tell you, I'm sure it's everybody's problem, but especially for men. Here's the problem. We have divided hearts. And that's that's the problem. We we want to make the world Lord and also Jesus. We want ourselves to be Lord. My comfort, my prestige, my esteem, my plan. We want to make ourselves Lord and also Jesus. And so our hearts are trying to operate with a divided loyalty. Peter says here, if you're actually going to live as a Christian, that will never work. You're worried about your worldly things and you're worried about your worldly comfort and you're worried about your pride and your reputation in this sorry, messed up world. It will never work. Jesus has to reign. He has to be set apart. He has to be set aside and sanctified as Lord of your heart. Greatest thing that could happen. I say this every week. Is we left this room today and said, you know what, I'm tired of priorities that do not matter. I'm tired of chasing things that have gotten me nowhere. And I leave here today saved because of Christ and so impressed because of my Savior Christ that I have sanctified Him. I have set Him apart as Lord in my heart. There's two parts to that. Sometimes you hear things and you wonder, well, what do I do about that? How do I do that? There's two parts to that. How do you sanctify Christ in your heart? First thing is this, you have to pick up Jesus first. First off is this, you have to receive Jesus Christ by faith. And I'm talking about actually putting your faith and your trust in Jesus Christ. We're saved because of faith in Christ. Our hope is not in a church, our hope is not in religious good deeds, our hope alone is in Jesus Christ. And so the first place of sanctifying Christ as Lord in your heart is actually saying, you know what, I know I am a sinner. And I know the payment for sin is death, and I've earned that punishment. But I also know that Jesus came, and he, he took that, and he paid it himself. And because of that, I put my faith in Jesus Christ. And I actually profess him as my Lord because he is Lord in my heart. That's the first thing. We have to put our faith in Jesus Christ. But you know what? We also, once we're saved, have to keep lifting him up. The author of the book of Hebrews says, keep our eyes Fixed on Jesus. You know how I know Jesus in this day? I have to read the Word, the Word of God, the Bible. You know what? I have to spend time with the people of God. And I have to spend time in the service and the cause of Jesus Christ. I have to continually lift Jesus up. I have to put Jesus sanctified, set apart as Lord in my heart. That's the first thing. You know what we have to do? We have to lift Jesus up. Some of us need to today, for the first time, put our faith in Christ. A bunch of us today need to renew and say, you know what? I'm keeping him in that place where I've professed him as Lord. Second part of that, and it's it's biblical as well as this. If you're going to sanctify Christ as Lord in your heart, you have to do a second part. You have to set everything else down. The Bible actually tells us that we're to cast off and we're to turn our backs on the things of the world. Now what that means is we have to quit looking to the things of the world like they're going to bring us hope. You know what, if I can get this job, if I can marry this person, if I can get this relationship right, if I can get this car and this vehicle and, and all these things, then my hope is in that. We have to quit looking to the things of the world. In fact, we have to start casting off the things of the world. You know what, there's some worldly things, a whole bunch of them we need to cast off. You know what, there's some worldly goods, a whole bunch of them we need to cast off. We've got to set down the things of the world. Here's something else. There's a bunch of good things 
that we need to cast off. They're not the things of Christ. And you can get so busy doing a bunch of good things that you're going to miss Jesus Christ. These things will not matter in the end as well. You know what? We have to lift Jesus Christ up. We have to put our faith in him. We also have to keep our eyes there. But we also have to cast off the things of this world. That's a hard thing because we keep getting pulled back in. You know what? I know I've got my salvation set in Christ, and I'm thankful for that. Oh, but if I could just get the house I want. Oh, if I could just get these things acquired and this thing set up and I begin to dabble again in the things of the world. You know what? We have to cast them off. And that's what Peter says. That's how you stand in a messed up world. With a heart that's not divided, with a loyalty set and a priority set, proclaiming Jesus Christ as our Lord. I'm going to end, but I want to end by saying this. Maybe you're here today and you've never put your faith in Jesus Christ. And I'm going to just be honest with you. I, I just preached a funeral 25 minutes ago. You're not promised tomorrow, 62 years old. You're not promised tomorrow. You, you can walk out of here, you're not promised you won't have a heart attack on the way out of here. Too much chicken, I guess. <laughs> you can go home and go to bed tonight thinking, you know what, I've got plans tomorrow. You know, the, the people that died today, they had plans for today. The Bible says it's the point for man wants to die and then his judgment. You're going to die unless Jesus comes back. There's one question. Do you have a settled faith in Jesus Christ? I would be remiss to let you leave here and not tell you, you know, there is still hope today. There is still peace in our Savior, Jesus Christ, today. We have sinned. Our sin has broken our relationship with God. But in His grace, through Christ, we can be saved, forgiven, redeemed. If you're here today and you've never done that, I want to encourage you today. Say, you know what? I get it. I get it. Well, it's got to be more complex than that. No, it's not. I get it. I know who I am, a sinner with a broken relationship. I know who Christ is. My Savior came as the remedy for sin. He's paid it all. He serves as the, as the risen, resurrected King. And my hope is to profess Him as Lord. My hope is this. Today, you'd say, Jesus is my Lord. But you'd settle it in your heart, and you'd leave here with that established today. I'm going to lead us in a word of prayer. We're going to be dismissed. My prayer is that you'd find Jesus Christ today. I'm going to ask if you'll stand. Lord, Father, we come today. We're thankful for you. And I, I want to pray, Lord, a couple things. First off, I want to pray for any man here who doesn't have a relationship with Jesus Christ. You say it's appointed for man once to die and then his judgment. You tell us we're already condemned in our sin, but you also have shown us tremendous grace through Jesus Christ. I pray for any man here who doesn't know Jesus as their Lord and Savior. I pray that today in the drawing of your spirit and the proclamation, the preaching of your word, maybe in the circumstances of life that brought them here, that today they would say, Jesus Christ is my Lord and my Savior, and I profess him as such. Lord, we, we're sorry for our sin. Forgive us of that. Help us to repent and to leave it. Come into our hearts and save us today. You come and I pray also for men here today that they've taken care of that. They've, they've made that decision. But then we've tried to exist with a, with a divided loyalty, with a divided heart. Forgive us of that. Help us to repent of that. And then I pray for men in this room emboldened of the, the Holy Spirit of God that lives inside of them, directed by the Word of God that leads them 
serving Jesus Christ, I pray that we would walk out of here today with a renewed, focused heart, with Jesus sanctified and ruling on the throne of our heart. And we would walk out of here and we wouldn't worry about the things that would distract us and pull us down and, 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 and take us off of course. But we would leave here with Jesus reigning and ruling and then we would go out and lead people to Jesus Christ. Help us in that. Empower us for that. We come and I pray for the men here today. Bless them. Encourage them, strengthen them, let them lead in their homes as you've ordained and called for them to do. Let them lead in their, in their, in their church, in their ministries, in their churches. Use them to proclaim the truth of Jesus Christ. Bless them in that. We tell you we love you and we thank you. And I pray in Jesus' name, amen. Glad you're here.